This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the prices. No. Welcome to the Joker's mustache. I am ordinary every every man uh been through so this is the legend uh the cornerstone uh the icon um rd reynolds oh i thought someone else was coming into the room rd reynolds of wrestle crap of rupert's kids mm-hmm. what's going on rd i just here i i was i had a lovely uh trip back from atlanta tell you about it wasn't a drive was it a drive yeah i drove it how long was that eh, it's about seven hours oh that's not horrible it was up through the smokies yeah very nice the fall colors it was like nice. i was driving through a painting that's awesome i love and that. i love that i was trying to determine where i was going to go to eat on the way back right i don't know if you can see who i have on my Oh, the colonel, the colonel. And you can't really read this, I'm sure. I ate where it all began. At the ori- to- in, in Atlanta, right? No. I th- Corbin, I th- Kentucky. Oh, I th- okay, because in Atlanta, there's an old one that actually has the big chicken. It's The, the mm-hmm. building is a big chicken. Yes. Yeah. And Corbin, Kentucky is the original Kentucky Fried Chicken. Uh, in Atlanta is the original Chick-fil-A. It has the dwarf house and has a little door you can walk yes, through. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes. Yeah, been to both of those. I had never been to this one. This was actually really fascinating because, <clears throat> excuse me, they, uh, I mean, they they had a museum there. They had a big wall of buckets. You could turn and look at them. And, they're, and, the, and most importantly, a lot of people say that KFC has gone downhill, myself included. This KFC still fixed the chicken properly, which you would hope the original one would be able to do that. And maybe almost as importantly, you know how they had the bucket, you know, that's outside of some of them still? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their bucket still. Rotated. Rotated. If all the buckets rotated, KFC would be the number one restaurant in the world. RD, I don't think many people realize this. I do realize this because I am very old. But I can go back with KFC prior to the Colonel giving up the recipe. Oh, of course. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, bro, I am telling you, before the Colonel gave up his recipe, bro, the flavor of Kentucky, there was nothing like it. Bro, mm-hmm. there was like a, when the colonel had the recipe, there was like a peppery taste. Yes. It was like a peppery taste. As mm-hmm. soon as he turned it over, it tasted like every other fried chicken out there. Yes. Yeah. That's I liked it whenever <clears throat> I was a youngin, a wee tot, back in the Stone Age. They, uh, the KFC by our house actually for a while had an Arthur Treacher's. Oh, I love bolted that. on. Oh, that's a fish place. I were you a no fan one. of that? You were and you I were f- the only ones. Oh, I love f- fried fish. Uh, I love they used to wrap it in the newspaper. The only sure. thing I, I never got with that, bro, is I do not, I, I don't give me the vinegar with the fish. 
Don't give me the vinegar with the fish. I never got the vinegar with the fish, bro. Leave leave the vinegar for somebody else. Give my vinegar to RD. <laughs> to any of the WrestleCrap Radio listeners, I know you're all laughing just as hard as I am talking about malt vinegar because we had a character on our show, on Blade and I did. Blade performed it. Peel back the curtain. He was Sir... Alec Heineken, not to be confused with Sir Alec Guinness. Right. And he had a, a a girlfriend. Her name was Ellie. And, you know, there are certain things that ladies would do with vinegar. I'll explain it to you. They would they would do a vinegar douche. Okay. With vinegar? Yes. That was a thing back in the day. Okay. okay. So so Sir Alec would always go to Long John Silver's and just get a bunch of the malt vinegar packets to take home to her. Okay, too much. You guys are missing out. Yeah. The, the WrestleCrap Radio archives are out on the interwebs. Yeah, please go get go them. enjoy that. Are you a, are you a vinegar guy with the vinegar? No, no, okay, no, no, good, no, no. Good. Thank you very much. Not good, my good. jam. Okay, me neither, bro. I did like the newspaper gimmick though. That I loved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You still see a lot of uh, fish places <clears throat> that put it on newspaper. It's just a printed wax yeah. that looks yeah. like newspaper. All right. Funny feline felonies. RD, take it away. Original air date Thursday, December 28th, 1967. The year is wrapping up. Of course, the series is wrapping up as well. Uh, thought it would be fun to go back and look and see what the number one movie of 1967 was the top grossing movie of 1967 give me give me a choice well you can't give me a choice of three because do you know three movies from 1967 actually the the number three i can the the number three was fascinating it was a re-release of gone with the wind oh really wow which i thought was very strange yeah yeah no i i will i will let you i'll how about if i tell you what number one is and you guess and tell me what number two is Okay, go ahead. That? Go ahead. The number one was The Graduate. Great movie. I got that on DVD. I love that movie. Um, it's something you like. Oh, that 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 narrows it down. Give me another. Not mine. Okay, this is way before Stallone. Let's, let's let's try this again. Yeah, this is that's what I'm saying. Uh, okay, this is okay. There you go. Janis Joplin Keep was going. Janis Joplin was not a movie star. No, this is way before. Maybe it's on the other arm. I don't know. Don't do no. This cannot be. This cannot be help. No. Check okay. Your other arm. This cannot be Rocky. It's way before no. Rocky's time. Gleason. I know you have a tattoo of this. Gleason? No. Jesus? No. I know you have a tattoo. Jungle Book. <laughs> Bravo. Wow, the Jungle Book was the number two grossing movie. Number wow, two, that's very impressive. I did not know that. Very impressive. Mm-hmm. There you go. So Baloo, Baloo irked out Clark Gable. Yes. Very nice. A re-release of a movie from 50 years ago. Bro, you've seen Graduate several times already. <clears throat> no, I've never seen that. 
Oh, what a great movie. What a great, great movie. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's get on to uh, the... Uh... Yeah, let's let's talk about great. Because this, yeah. this, show, this, this show I thought was pretty good. Uh, funny feline felonies. Uh, the narrator tells us it's morning at Gotham State. Morning at Gotham State Prison. And in the office of Warden Crichton, an old foe is saying his farewell. We meet the Joker. He is there in a gray suit with gray gloves. He shakes hands with Crichton. And also the chairman of the parole board. Would you care to guess who it is, folks? I popped huge. <laughs> Bro, I'm like, okay, yeah, now it's getting crazy. Now, now we're course, crazy. It is, of course, Bruce Wayne. Yes. He, I, this, I really wish, some people have said, we wish you would have kept track of how many holies Robin said or whatever. That's fine. There's other places on the interwebs you can find that stuff. What I really wish we would have done is gone through and kept tabs on just how many jobs Bruce Wayne has. Yes. Yeah. Incredible. Incredible. So uh, they note they are going to let the Joker out. Since he's been good for, and I quote, several months. Several months! Yes. How much damage has this guy done? The Grand grand Wizard only had to to behave for one match. So, he's been let out of prison because he's been good for a few weeks. I'm convinced you've mended your former ways. We are told, and so and so, in keeping with our liberal penological practices, we're releasing you considerably ahead of time. Joker looks at his gray dab suit. I mean, it's a nice suit. Don't get me wrong. And I like that he had the matching gloves. Mm-hmm. And he says, um, I guess I'll get used to these civilian clothes because they had made those clothes in the prison. That he is wearing out. Right. Crichton then also gives him a $10 bill. Joker looks at this $10 bill. You know, I used to light cigars with these. And he says, oh, speaking of, did you? would you like a cigar? So I guess in addition to giving him a suit, a $10 bill, they also give you give the guy cigars on the way out of prison uh, yeah i never been in the uh in the uh camp never been in the clink yeah <laughs> so uh uh Crichton says you know what I, I will have a cigar bruce of course is i never use tobacco in any form right which is i mean that's i'm glad he clarified that because if he just said i didn't you i i don't do that i may think that Bruce Wayne like gets chaw, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Throws it or, or snuff the snuff under the gum. Yeah. Yeah. Crichton smokes it and he goes, "Oh, like why? I'm shocked. I expected this to explode." So, so the the warden of the prison, his thing is, I'll take this cigar that I expect to blow up in my face. Is this the guy that's running? No wonder everyone gets out of this place. Yeah, I listen, bro. I got to tell you, 
This amazes me, bro, because I wrote a big note here. And, bro, you never, ever, ever would see this in 2023. And then we doubled down with Cesar Romero big time. Bro, between Warden Crichton and Cesar Romero, bro, they have the most horrible-looking teeth. Bro, we have to remember, especially uh, Cesar Romero. Bro, this was a major movie star. Yes. Can you imagine Tom Cruise, like, walking around with crooked crooked and brown teeth? Like, bro, back then, like, if if they were on TV or movies, it didn't matter. Like, their teeth are horrific. Well, as I've said, I think every single episode we've ever done, when you were back in 1967 watching on your black and white Philco, you probably weren't noticing this. I think you were. I think you were. When, when it comes to the Joker's teeth, I definitely think you were. All right, go ahead, bro. Well, <clears throat> so Joker walks outside very jauntily, and <clears throat> who should pull up but Catwoman in her kitty car? Uh, she's He's like, you know, come on. You know, make, it, make it look real. Pull the gun on me. And so she pulls the gun. She says, get in this car or I'll blow out whatever little brains you have left. And he turns and screams up to the window. She's kidnapping me. Honest. (laughs) Crichton says, "Ah, I got to call Commissioner Gordon. Bruce says, you know what? I'll, I'll call Gordon for you. You don't worry about it. Go get your men. See if you can catch catch them before they get away so this allows bruce to call the bat cave and have alfred pitch him through to the bat phone we go to gordon's office and who who might be there who could be at gordon's office besides o'hara and gordon it is of course barbara uh she says you know daddy i can't go to lunch with you she's literally on screen saying daddy i can't go to lunch with you and then gone yeah it was really weird yep so Gordon calls Batman. Of course, they patch through and and uh, they discuss that Catwoman and and jo- Catwoman has kidnapped the Joker. We get our opening break. We do get a shot. Of, this was very strange. We do get a shot of the Batmobile going to Gordon's office, just like always. But we don't then go into Gordon's office. Instead, at the sleazy hotel. A sleazy hotel across from the police headquarters. I have a question. What kind of neighborhood is the police department in that there's a sleazy hotel called the sleazy hotel right across the way? Yeah, because you would also have to think at this point that the library has to be in vicinity to Commissioner Gordon's office, because Barbara's always there, right? She's always there. Yeah, so yes. you got a library, you got the police commissioner's office, yeah. and you've got a sleazy hotel. Do you think Babs ever goes to the sleazy hotel? I think uh, O'Hara does. Yes. Yeah. I think you're right. Yes. Mm-hmm. But not with Barbara. No, no, no. Oh, no. okay. Okay. Woo. So Catwoman gives Joker his suit back. They're watching Gordon's office through her cat gun. Yep. Which is a telescope. Joker says, okay, let's kill him. You know, Batman and Robin are there. Kill him. And she goes, no, 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 no. I'm just going to send Batman the first of several little tokens of my affection. 
She notes that they will figure out where the shot came from. And then she says, that's the plan. I want them to know. I want them to come to this hotel room. I want them to find something. So Gordon's in there and he theorizes, you know, maybe, maybe this Joker fellow, this Joker chap, maybe he actually does want to go straight. So there's, as soon as he says this, of course, a shot comes through the window, knocks down a picture frame. Mother McCree, we're <laughs> under attack. So Batman crawls to the window on his belly as O'Hara pulls a gun. Batman is crawling around so on this good. floor. So good. We we learn that this is called the Bat Creep. Yes. Also, learning to do the Bat Creep. Yes, tremendous. I am... 100 110% certain that this bat creep involves having a skateboard underneath you. Yes, so I would that have you to can hope move so. around. I would hope so. So they read the note uh that was shot at them. It says, This one was just a warning, Batman. The next one will between be between your eyelids. Was there any signature? <laughs> and Batman says. Signed a well-wisher. Yes, yes, very nice. And O'Hara goes, well, seems like someone's interested in your welfare. As soon as this moron says this, literally everyone looks at him like he is the stupidest person walking Earth. Yes. So they back creep back to the window. Uh, at this point, Babs walks in. She's in a delightful uh, green-flowered ensemble this week. And she's like, Somebody lost a contact lens. And I was like, they had contact lenses back in 1967? When when did contact lenses That's a great question. I would think they had contacts in 67. Well, obviously they did because she made mention of it. Hold on. We have to look this up. I would say somewhere around the the 60s. When were contact lenses invented? Early 60s. They may seem like a recent invention. Their roots can actually be traced back to 1508. Oh, okay. All right. I was off by a couple of years. Let's see when they actually became, like, popular. Oh, this helpful chart. Uh, First commercial, uh, 1950s, develops the first soft contact lens. However, it says here 1971. It's on the internet, so you know it has to be true. Uh, The first commercial soft contacts are marketed in the u.s so god bro when i first got contacts i i had the hard contacts yes Mm -hmm. oh my god they were horrible yeah i had contacts when i was uh when i was younger and then i was just like screw it yeah (laughs) i don't want to deal with this i'll just wear glasses when i need to wear glasses yeah yeah and i it's funny because the only time I am not wearing glasses is if I'm doing something on the on the computer. Yeah. Otherwise, you'd always see me in glasses. So. Yeah. So anyway, they explain, no, 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 we're not looking for a contact lens. Batman says, look, this shot must have come from that sleazy hotel across the street. Judging from the trajectory and the angle and figuring out the wind at six knots per hour, north by northeast. Per this morning's weather report, X times six squared over. Yes. You see, it came from that room right over there. That was amazing. Yeah. I love it whenever he goes into his, you know, figuring out 
stage. Yeah, calculations. Mm-hmm. So we do go to the sleazy hotel. They uh, Batman and Robin go over there. They find Ju- Joker's suit from prison. Batman's there dusting for prints. He says, um, not finding any prints, but judging from the familiar scent of cat lily perfume, which is Catwoman's trademark, and that suit over there, I would assume they were both in this room no less than three minutes ago. So Robin finds a scrap of paper. And he's like, all I can find is a scrap of paper. He just sets it down. Batgirl shows up because, of course, she does. And they're like, wait, how, how did you get here so fast? And she says, tea leaves, stars, crystal gazing. Um, they're all part of a woman crime fighter's arsenal, Batman. She says, can I be of any help? And, of course, what do they say? Sister, get out of here. Yeah. This is man's work. There's nothing you can do. And so she sees this this scrap of paper that Robin said, this is all I found. She slyly takes it and she leaves. But she's not slyly enough because Batman notes, yeah, I saw her take that paper. Robin's like, do you think she's trying to double cross us? At this point, Batman explains, no, but she's a woman. Robin with a woman's inborn desire to outsmart men. Because apparently that's every woman's inborn desire is to outsmart. So you don't buy that. You don't buy that theory. That every woman wants to outsmart a man? Well, that every, I'll, I'll put it this way. Every woman gets off on outsmarting a man. Excuse me? Yeah. I buy into that. Okay. I think women like. I think your over. phrase is what had me confused. Well, I, I think women like getting over on men. Oh, okay. That's that's yeah. different than getting off. Yeah. I think they like getting over on men, according to Urban Dictionary. Anyway, we go to the new lair. Joker loves the new lair. It's half cla- if it's half cats and it's half clowns. So she meets the she wants uh, to introduce her new goons, Laugher and Giggler. Yep. Which is, these are good men who will help us. So Catwoman pulls out a poem. She says, this, this poem was handwritten over 200 years ago during the French and Indian War. It's written by a famous crook, and it gives us the clues to one million pounds of gunpowder. Yeah. He stole this back in the day, and he hid those somewhere in Gotham City. Choker's like, man, one million, one million of anything is a lot. And she's like, dumb, dumb. We're going to use this gunpowder to blow a hole in the federal depository building. Joker was like, if we're just going to blow a hole in a wall, why don't we just go get some dynamite? And she is appalled. She's like, we're not some common thieves. So she reads this poem. Joker critiques the poem, says his iambic pentameter is, is a bit off. What he should have said was, and she's like, ah, shut up. She says, our next move is to purloin and, if possible, permanently purge Batman, Batgirl, and Robin the Boy Wonder. So, again, 
This Catwoman is not like the old Catwoman. No. She is she isn't like I want to seduce Batman. He's so handsome. No. Any of this. She may drop lines about that, but unlike Julie Newmar, she's like we're going to let's just kill these people. Yeah, yeah. And I also I also made a note here because as we're we're winding down um I I I really like to look at the specifics of these villains. Um mm-hmm. Bro, I think without a shadow of a doubt, and it was probably because of the use of his eyes, Joker had the best facials out of any villain on this show. Now, you know, granted, bro, you know, um, Frank Gorshin wore a mask a lot of the time, Mm -hmm. but his facials and his eyes and the way he sold stuff, I, I think, was terrific. Oh yeah, yeah he he, he was he was very great. I would also uh, uh, raise you one Victor Bueno is King Tut. He, yeah, he would I would agree really with that too. too. I would agree with that too. Yes. Okay, so she notes that she left the rest of the, she left that paper, that little scrap of this uh, poem on purpose. So she says, "I want them to figure out what we're looking for." This is the miss the missing corner of this parchment was intentionally left in that flea bag of a hotel room. That's, do that's, you do you still I I have to ask you this. Do you still use that term flea bag? No, but we need to bring that back. I dude, you don't need to you don't need to ask me to bring it back every single time I take the family on vacation. Yes. I'm always like, okay, look. We're gonna go to we're gonna go to Disney. We're gonna go to Universal. We're gonna stay at a really nice hotel. On the way down, we'll just we'll just stay at some flea bag. Yes, very nice. Keep it alive. Yes. yes. And I bro, was so happy pulling, to hear that. She's pulling a little trick out of uh out of a uh, Batman's uh uh underoos, bro. Mm-hmm. Like because isn't he oh isn't he the only one I did oh I did that on purpose I did this on purpose yes oh yes. yeah yeah she he pulls that quite a bit. Yes. So we go to the library. Babs is there and she's looking at her little scrap of paper and she's like, I know the document this may come from. So she goes to find the document. However, of course, it's crime central in in the library. So, of course, something has been (laughs) stolen from there. And she's like, oh, we don't have it. Thank goodness we still have this on microfiche. You have no idea how happy I was that, that she busted out the microfiche. Bro, do you think things legitimately get stole out of libraries in 2023? If it's the Gotham City Library, yes. They had <laughs> they had four, four robberies so far today. Is there still such a thing as microfiche or no? You know what? I was touring. I've been on the, the college tours, right, with R.D. Jr., with the good Lord above as my witness, one of the libraries did have a microfiche. Microfiche, wow. Yeah. That's that's awesome. We go to Gordon's office. Batgirl calls Batman on the bat phone. Says, I've come up with something that might help you in your search for Catwoman and Joker. And Batman's like, oh, great. You've been crystal gazing again, right, Batgirl? And she says, no, no, no. This time I use cards. Meet me immediately at the apartment of Little Louie. Little Louie Groovy, 27 disc drive. Yep. And uh, he's like, Little Louie Groovy, the teenage tycoon who's never missed 
producing a million seller record. Batman's on the phone with Batgirl. Robin is there, or excuse me. So Batgirl calls Batman. Of course, it's Bruce in the study. Okay. So Bruce says, oh, it's little Lou Groovy. Dick is there and he's like, gosh, Bruce, I really wanted to meet him. How did Barbara not hear him call Batman Bruce? Creative Liberty. Okay. We'll let, we'll, we'll let it roll that way. Yes. That's, that's the way you're, if you're going to use excuses like that. Yes. Creative. The narrator tells us shortly in the groovy pad of little Louie, the young tycoon of the recording business, the groovy pad. Would any, anyone want to guess what the groovy pad is? <laughs> yeah you think i thought that was, i thought it was a little smaller you think it is the it is of course the big black warehouse of season yes, three which, yeah which will play a big role in the next episode yeah. <laughs> we meet little louie he's a hippie in a nightgown with a gold chain with a little shield on it and he has a crony he's recording a band called the gotham boulevard off-ramp the Gotham Boulevard off-ramp. Do you think that was a takeoff on the Chicago Transit Authority, who also formed in 1967? I don't think so, because I don't think they were that well-known in 1967. It took a little bit. Chicago Transit Authority, who, of course, later just became Chicago. Chicago. Yep. So, Louis like, I got to make my money. I got to make it fast. Another couple years, I'll be in my mid-20s. That's too old for the music business. Over the hill. So, Louis takes off his, he has this ridiculous wig and this fake beard, and he puts it on, uh, he takes all this off. He hops on the bed, and he puts on a little night mask so he can sleep. Do you ever use a night mask? I never have, but I've thought about it several times. Have you? Mrs. I don't. Mrs. Deal swears by it. She swears by it. Yes. Just she's, a she's regular, like, just no gel, no. Hers has music. I've so it, it also yeah. has that. Yes. She's just like the lovey Hal of, of yeah, our lovey, relationship. Lovey. I got to try that one of these days. I got to try that. Mm-hmm. So. Joker and Catwoman come in, and and Louis like, "What? If you're here to rob me, I don't. I ought to warn you. I'm a karate expert, and I can hurt you. So stay back." Hiya! So, Catwoman pulls her guys aside and says, "Karate isn't effective unless accompanied by yelling. Let him howl until he sprains a vocal cord, and then get him." So he's sitting there going, "Hiya!" Ah, 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 and, and like in about uh, I don't know, 15 seconds, he's like, oh, I can't yell anymore, I'm done for spraying the vocal cord. Yes, that was an incredible seg- segment. Yes, I yes. love that. So, the bad guys, the bad guys, take the nightgown off of him, he is just standing there, buck naked except for his boxer shorts. Right. Batman and Robin show up. Batman notes, uh, of course, you know, she she had planned all this. 
And uh, Catwoman says, the mere thought of pulling a caper without your masked meddling would be most perturbing to me. Found us, you have. Get you, we will. So, of course, we get a fight. Bro, this is is the the person we have underrated the most. (laughs) The Joker stunt double? Joe, you give so much love to who's your buddy there? What's your buddy's name? Victor Paul. Victor Paul, no research whatsoever into the Joker stunt double that looks nothing like the Joker. I literally wrote in the largest font possible, we get the Joker stunt double. Oh, God, bro. The man that looks nothing, nothing, not look more unlike Cesar Romero if you tried. Not only that, the, the big round bed. That was in the middle of the of the, the 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 groovy pad. Now it's spinning just like an Austin Powers. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Louis like, oh no, you know he's 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 bought all this stuff with his money, so they they take a they take something and they smash it. He's like, oh, that was my first royalty check. Oh, that's eleven thousand dollars of damage. He's like freaking out about all the damage done to his apartment. Many vases are smashed. Yeah, uh, in this fight. Batman, it, so the, the the vases are smashed, and uh, Batman says, like, why would they go to all this trouble to steal a nightgown? This doesn't make any sense. And Catwoman whispers to Joker, they haven't, they haven't figured out the plot. They haven't figured out we're trying to steal all this gunpowder. Right. So Joker, in an attempt to get away, says, not my fault, Batman. It was all her fault. She kidnapped me. And so <laughs> we're told she told me that little he says she told me little Louie Groovy was a hip cat. And it might be fun if we stole the cat's pajamas. So that's pretty good that he's coming yeah. up with this on the fly. Yeah. He goes, Well, you know, you know how I am about practical jokes. I I I I couldn't have I couldn't resist. Batman says, you must have flipped your raspberry, Joker. You must have flipped your raspberry. I've never heard that. I've never heard that once in my entire life. I think that uh, uh, Adam West made it up on the spot, and no one ever corrected him, and he just went with it. I agree. He said, how could you allow anyone to talk you into something so stupid? They're dropping the the S-bomb. Yeah, the stupid bomb left and right on these yeah. last uh, few episodes. Joker says, "Look, I made a, I made a horrible mistake, a dreadful mistake. Can we just shake hands?" And Robin's like, "I'd rather shake hands with a spitting cobra." Mm. Batman's like, "No, no, no, you're being too cynical. To err is human." To forgive his divine, perhaps he has repented. What a dummy! <laughs> so of course they shake hands and they get zapped. Joker's like, ah, it's my lethal Joker buzzer. One by one, your five senses will leave you. Then your lungs will collapse, and you'll be kaput, fini, fini defunct. Bro, remember that was a thing where you could buy the hand buzzer and do that to people? Like that was Yeah, really of course. Thing. But can you imagine if it did this? <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> that would have been pretty awesome, bro. I know? like that they updated it uh, for the Batman 89 movie 
whenever Jack Nicholson's Joker shook hands with a guy and he just became a smoldering corpse. Yes, that's awesome. That is awesome. So Joker says, I, you know, I wish we could stay, but I, I can't stay for the big finish. I'll always treasure the memory of this moment. So Batgirl shows up. She checks the pulse of Batman. She's like, wow, three heartbeats per minute. Is that even like- that, that? That's not good. Bro, yeah, three. <laughs> no, it's not Batgirl. Thank you for, for telling us this. Thank God, though, she has the antidote pills. She has Batgirl antidote pills. Thank it says God. Batgirl antidote pills. Wouldn't that mean you were? it was something to keep you from having an allergic reaction to her? Anyway, yeah. they're like, well, what took you so long? And she was like, well, rush hour traffic. The lights were against me. You wouldn't want me to speed, would you? Your good driving habits almost cost us our lives. Rules are rules, Robin. She explains she is there because of the poem. She says, look. Wait a minute. Batman had a little bit more there, which probably. Because he goes, rules are rules, Robin. But you do have a point. (laughs) He almost died. Right, right. She explains she's there because of the poem. The night shirt they stole and the cradle are clues to enormous cash of gunpowder. Yes. Batman's like, what is, what's this cradle? What is this? And she says, it's in the possession of Carnaby Cats, devil may care men's clothing designer from Londinium. Show of hands. Who never, ever wanted to hear the word Londinium again? Yeah. I'm putting up both mine because... That was the worst. Yes. So they go to Carnaby Katz's mansion. He's been knocked out, of course. Says the 17-year locusts have descended upon me, governor. They didn't touch the safe or my wife's jewels or my collection of comic books or anything valuable like that. I like that they put in that he has a valuable collection of comic books. Yeah. Uh, He says, all they took was a little cradle that I picked up at an antique store. Batgirl's like, well, now we don't have any clues as to where the gunpowder could be. But uh, Joker and and Catwoman do. We're, you know, we're we're stuck. And Robin's like, I wonder where they, where could they be? Because they were just here. And the narrator tells us, closer than you think. Just outside, waiting to ambush you. Will Joker and Catwoman make good on their prodiferous plan to steal millions? For the answer to these and other cataclysmic questions, watch the next episode. So, yes, this is the beginning of a two-part episode. And this is a another week ending, though, man. They 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 threw, yes. they've thrown the cliffhangers out the window. Yes. Yeah, well, you like the, the, the yeah the. The only quote-unquote cliffhanger is that Joker zapped them and he thought they were dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So next week we are going to go to part two. uh, Jokes on Catwoman. Jokes on Catwoman. It is the final Catwoman episode in the entire series run. There is, of course, we had said no more Julie Newmar. After next week, no more Eartha Kitt. No, no Catwoman. Yeah. All the Catwoman episodes are done. And I do want to admit this, uh, RD. I don't think 
I had ever seen the next episode. Okay. I don't recall the courtroom scene. I don't recall. I didn't remember. I, I had seen it, but it yeah. had been, like I said, I have watched all these. In, I, I had binged them all a few years ago whenever I got the DVDs. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, it was a very, I did not remember that. We'll, we'll talk a lot about that as yeah, well. We will. We will. Next okay, episode. let's talk about, we're getting close to the holidays, bro. So let's talk about Rupert's Kids, man. What's going oh, on? Oh, yes. Uh, Rupert's Kids Arcade. Santa is getting ready. Uh, I've gotten uh, notes from him from the from the North Pole that he's been practicing his air hockey skills. Very nice. He's been practicing his pinball skills. Very nice. Uh, he is going to be ready. The, he, here's the thing. Meet and beat. You see, everyone has a meet Santa. Some people may have have breakfast with Santa. At Rupert's Kids Arcade, your kids can actually come. Or you, if you're feeling gung-ho and think you're man enough, woman enough, uh, you can come and play against Santa in games. And if you win the game, you get a, you get, uh, you get a present out of Santa's bag. big bag. Very so uh, he, he, but the problem is, these kids, I don't want to say these kids today, but these kids, they get very sassy and they want to smack talk Santa. You want to smack talk Santa Claus? What kind of person are you? Parents, do better. Anyway, yes. Yes. Santa is there. He will take on all the kids and maybe he'll make them, maybe he'll make them cry. I don't know. Very nice. Very nice for the holidays. What about WrestleCraft? What's going on? Oh my goodness! Uh, it's been a fantastic run. We've had a lot of fun inductions. I don't know. It, I know we're way past it, but it is well worth your while to go back wrestlecraft.com. Check out the inductions. You will see. We did a special where we found all current wrestling costumes that you could buy. You know, for for your Halloween endeavors, right? I didn't think anything would top this young bucks outfit where it looked like Dave Meltzer. Yeah. But I found a Ric Flair one. Wow! That just people were complaining that it was just a bathrobe with some feathers taped on it. Yeah, and that would have been enough. But they also they also did a video. To show prospective buyers, this is what you could look like. It had a brunette man with the worst blonde wig I have ever seen in my life. And he was just roaming around the woods. I guess he was taking the term nature boy very literally. I'm not sure. <laughs> that is tremendous. That is yes. Tremendous. Wow. Yes. So that is up on Russell Crab. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, everybody, next week we will be back. Part two, Jokers, Joke, Jokes on Catwoman. Same bad time. Same bad channel.